If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Years ago, we went to see Christie's brother in, in Alabama. I got up at 5 o'clock one morning, left the house about 6, went and worked in the oil field all day long until 4 o'clock Friday afternoon. And Christy came and picked me up and we were going to drive straight to, uh, where was that place? In Alabama somewhere. And uh, of course I'd never been to Alabama, I'd never been east of Texas. And so she picked me up and, and, and we started driving and we were all excited. We were going on vacation for a week and, and we were driving and about 2 o'clock in the morning. Okay, now granted, I had got up at 5 o'clock Friday morning. At 2 o'clock in the morning, you know, I was working on 22 hours of being awake. At that time, and it was somewhere between Texas and Alabama. I don't even know where it was. I was just driving. I said, honey, you're going to have to drive. So she wakes up and she goes, okay. And so she starts driving and I get over there and I get my pillow and you know how you use the seat belt to hold your head up? And I nestled down like this and it, you know, my brain was just running, you know, when you're so tired and we were just running along like this and I had just dozed off and my wife goes, she hits those bumps on the side. Then I startle awake. I'm like, are you okay? She's like, I'm fine. I was just, you know, messing with the radio. Okay. So I put my head back over there and I nestled down. It's about another 15 minutes and I am just dozing off to sleep. I'm like, pull over. <laughs> and I drove the rest of the way. And she smiled. Works every time. So I'm driving along on interstate something, I don't know, a big wide road, and I'm driving along. And has anybody ever been to Memphis, Tennessee? If you're coming in on that road, I don't know what other roads they are, but if you're coming into Memphis, Tennessee on that road, there is a crazy thing that happens when you cross the Mississippi River. The interstate disappears. You're driving along, there's green signs, and the next thing you know, you're in the hood. So, being the cowboy that I... And this is before GPS, okay? And so I pull over and I'm like, where are we? I don't know. Well, let's go this way. So we turn and we drive down there. And I guarantee you, out of the corner of my eye, I could see ninja angels protecting us. There are people everywhere wanting to kill us. I had no fear. Probably out of stupidity, but no fear. So finally, I find this well-lit gas station. It's got the one bulb hanging up there. So I walk in there because there's four cops. I walk in there and I say, Hey, could, could y'all help me? They just looked at me. <laughs> I was a little out of place. They looked at me and said, Where are you trying to go? I told them. <laughs> and they laughed. And they said, This one guy, he said, Well, you could go right down this street, but you'd never make it through alive, son. He said, so you're going to have to backtrack and go this way and go this way and, and go around. And finally, at like noon or one o'clock on Saturday, we pull into Alabama and I go and I crash. But what we're going to talk about today is getting off the trail. And that trail that we're talking about is that narrow trail that Jesus Christ tells us about. But I'm here to tell you, 
that there's a counterfeit trail out there that the counterfeit from down below will try to get us off trail and get us over there away from what God wants us to do. How do we know if we're on the right trail? I think that's a valid question. How do you know if you're riding along right? If you're a cowboy and you've ever gathered cattle, I don't care if it's in Colorado, Wyoming, Montana, or Hawaii, or Texas, or whatever, if you've ever had much cowboy experience, you've had directions like this. Well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to head north, and, and or you're going to head north, and whenever you hit this big old canyon, I want you to turn right, and then I need you to just ride along quite a spell down there until you see this big bunch of trees, and, and you're going to ride off down in that canyon because that's the only place that you won't die. And you come back up the other side, and then, uh, and then what you'll do is you'll, you'll kind of head back the way you was going first place, and then, uh, then you'll see this, this windmill, and there's a couple of windmills, but you're looking for the one with the three broken blades on it. Don't, don't look at them other windmills. And when you hit that windmill, you're going to head kind of back north, and, and that way you'll know you'll be on the right spot. You got that? Yes. Yeah, I got it. And so you take off, and you're riding along. <laughs> you don't see a canyon. You don't see trees. You don't see windmill. You look around, and you're on the beach somewhere, and you're like, am I in the right spot? But think about it. How often do we do that in our own spiritual lives? We go riding along and we wonder, are we even on the right track or not? Today we're going to talk about the characteristics, the landmarks that you can look for to stay on the right trail. But more importantly, there's some landmarks that mark the counterfeit trail. This trail is long and oftentimes riding for the Lord we wonder if we're going in the right direction. But beware, the devil will put up stuff that might look right. But do not fall for the counterfeit trail. The counterfeit trail, what are some of the landmarks that we can look at as far as that goes? One of the landmarks is, and most of it has to do with thinking and believing, but one of those landmarks is this. How many times has Kevin thought, because I'm not going to presume to know what y'all think, how many times has Kevin thought, well, that sin that I'm living in right now is okay because I believe in God and I know that He loves me because, let's face it, nobody's perfect, right? How many times has we thought that? That's counterfeit, folks. That is counterfeit. In John 14, 15, Jesus Himself says, if you love me, you will obey what I command. If you love me, you'll obey what I command. Yet too often, we go through life and we go, well, you know, I know that I'm not supposed to do that, but I'm not really ready to give that up, so I'm just going to keep trucking on because nobody's perfect. We're all sinners. But folks, if you know that you're not supposed to do it, that's what the definition of sin is. Anytime you do something that you know you're not supposed to do. How about this one? I've been baptized, so I'm forgiven. I've been baptized. Folks, that's counterfeit right there. And I'm not saying that baptism is counterfeit. I'm talking about thinking that just because you stepped into some water and held your nose and went under and came back up, that all of a sudden everything's going to be just fine. That is symbolic of the change that goes on in your heart. That's just water. Matthew 3, 7 through 10 is fixing to scare the crud out of y'all. Maybe it won't. It scared the crud out of me. 
Matthew 3, 7 through 10, you don't have to turn over there, I'll read it. It says, Many Pharisees and Sadducees also came to be baptized, but John the Baptist said to them, You bunch of snakes, you, who warned you to run from the coming judgment? Do something to show that you have really given up your sins. Wow. Let me read that one more time just in case somebody was drifting off for a second. John told the Pharisees and Sadducees, the most religious people in Israel, he told them, do something to show that you have really given up your sins. Are we doing that? John goes on to say, and don't start telling yourselves that you belong to Abraham's family. I tell you that God can turn these stones into children for Abraham. An axe is ready to cut the trees down at their roots. Here's a double scary right here. Any tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. Do something to show that you have given up your life of sin. And I think that that's not necessarily something in our hands or anything like that. It's in our hearts. Can we see the fruit of our beliefs? How about this one? I can still be the same old guy or gal and still be a Christian. Jared stood up here the other day and gave his testimony and he said that when he truly gave his life to Christ, he lost all of his friends, most of them. And it wasn't because they were mad at him or anything. He just didn't want to continue down that, that trail that they were riding. He made a conscious decision to say nothing's more important than God and I'm going to ride for Him from now on. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. You are a new creation. You cannot continue the same old things with the same old people that are trying to drag you down that you so call friends. And I'll even include, sometimes that includes your family. Jesus said, anyone who's not willing to leave their brother or mother has no place with me. How do we know we are on the right trail? Well, I guarantee you some landmarks in your life, if you're looking for them, if you think that just that it's, it's a great Christian excuse just to say, well, nobody's perfect. I can keep on doing this. God forgives me. Uh-uh. It don't work like that. Some counterfeit trail landmarks to look for. As you ride along, there will be things in your life that will show you if you're on the counterfeit trail. And Paul marks some more of them out in Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 19. Paul says, the wrong things the sinful life does are clear. That's pretty simple, isn't it? That's not hard language to read. The wrong things the sinful life does are clear. Committing sexual sin, being morally bad, doing all kinds of shameful things, worshiping false gods, and I'm sure that everybody's sitting there going, well, I've never bowed down to, you know, a statue of Buddha or something like that. How about money? How about possessions? There's lots of false gods out there. Taking part in witchcraft? I will stomp a mud hole in you if I found out anybody's doing that. Make that clear. And if I can't do it, i got some big old boys that'll help me. How about this one? Hating people. Ooh, it's getting a little rougher now. Causing trouble. Do we know any troublemakers? Yeah, I know some troublemakers. Being jealous. How about being angry or selfish? Causing people to argue and divide into separate groups. Wow. Paul's, <laughs> Paul's giving us a three-second burst from that yellow hotshot right now, isn't he? He's just holding the button down. 
But it's true. Good grief, Paul. How many do you have here? Being filled with envy. Getting drunk. Having wild parties. And doing other things like this. <laughs> he just says, well, look, I'm tired of talking, so just anything else like that. I think that we've all been guilty of that at some point in our lives. Paul goes on to say, I warn you now as I warned you before. He's repeating himself. This isn't something new. I warn you now as I warned you before. The people who do these things will never have a part in God's kingdom. Woo! The old life is gone. The new life has come. How do you know if you're on the right trail or not? What do you keep experiencing in your life? Hate? Misery? Conflict? And you know what? People may not even know you're going through this. But I want you to think about this. What do you keep experiencing time after time after time in your life? Hate? Misery? Conflict? Impatience? Cruelness? Indecency? Dishonesty? Harshness? Self-indulgence? You may see these things from a distance if you're following the right trail, but you will not be camping and riding with these every day. Do you know what I mean by that? I told you a while ago that whenever you're looking for that windmill with three blades, that uh, you may see some other windmills. And even Christians go through some of this stuff. So, you know, we'll never be free from them, but we're not camping out underneath those windmills of indecency and self-indulgence and hate and misery and conflict and impatience. You're not living that way. I'm not saying that there won't be moments, but you're not living that way. That's enough about the bad stuff. Let's talk about the good stuff. How do you know you're on the right trail? Not the counterfeit trail. How do you know you're on the narrow trail? Sin is no longer in control of your life is one way. It no longer controls you. Your focus is no longer on you and what you want. And I think that's a big step for anybody. Whenever you start thinking, you know what, not my way, but God's. I would rather do what makes God happy than what I think will make me happy. Because I guarantee you, we've all been riding along and seen another windmill and go, well, that one doesn't have three broken blades on it. Maybe God was mistaken. I'll ride over there and check. Plus, there's a living quartered horse trailer over there for sale. We'll go check that out. Don't get off the trail. God has told you. He said, I will be your peace. I will be your joy. I will be your comfort. I will take care of you. He has promised it and God has never broken a promise. Not one single time in all of eternity and nor will He ever break a promise. He will take care of you, but sometimes we're on that trail and we feel like we're all alone and we can't find the three-blade broken windmill, so we just go find our own windmill and think that that'll suffice. It won't. Sin is no longer in control of your life. Your focus is no longer on you and what you want, but what God wants. Let me ask you a couple of questions. Do you see progress in your Christian life? Do you see some progress? Or does it seem like you're constantly faking it? It's tough, isn't it? How many times 
have you told somebody, oh, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, and think to yourself, I'm lying through my smiling teeth right now. I feel miserable right now. Are you faking it? After the bad news in Galatians 19 through 21, Paul comes back and gives us some good news. Starting in verse 22. He says, But the landmarks of the right trail... Actually, Paul did not say that. I did. But the landmarks of the right trail... Actually, that's called fruit of the Spirit. Okay? I think it's easier to understand that if we're on the right path and we come across this landmark that Paul lays out right here, we know we're on the right trail. So instead of fruit of the Spirit, I'm saying landmarks of the right trail. But the landmarks of the right trail are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these kinds of things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified their sinful life their sinful self. They have given up their old selfish feelings and the evil things they wanted to do. We got our new life from the Spirit. So we should follow the right trail. Those are the landmarks that we need to be looking for. Joy, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If you're walking along, I guarantee you, I've at least made it to number three. Peace. I love every single one of you. I wouldn't have taken my family and uprooted them and moved to Elbert County, Colorado. Because God told me you were here. And I sat right down there at the pizza place and told Brad Henderson, he was the first one I met here, and I said, Brad, how many people are we going to have come to Cowboy Church? And he stuck his hands in his pocket and he was like, hmm, I can read his mind. This guy's an idiot if he thinks this is going to work. He didn't really think that. He loved me, I could tell. He said, honestly, I said, dead honest, a year from now, how many people do you think we'll have? He said, I think you'll be doing good if you have 40 or 50. And I said, ain't going to happen. He looked at me and said, why not? And I said, because we're going to be running about 200 or 250. Right here. But that's in the first year. We're going to continue. God's going to continue to use y'all to help grow this. Not for Save the Cowboy, for God. We don't do this on our own. But after that conversation, Brad told me, he said, thank you for your faithfulness. So I've got faithfulness down, I've got love, and I had peace and patience this morning. Because I got up and I was really excited. I knew God was going to do something great. I went in there. Does anybody else do this where you, you turn the, the water on in the coffee pot and you try to fill up the basket and everything before the coffee pot fills up? Or is that just me? <laughs> I guess it's just me. Anyway, I was motor scootering it. Boy, I was dipping this in there. And I, I was like a NASCAR pit crew. <laughs> like that. Stuck it in there. Woo! Done. Calf rope. And hit the on button and nothing happened. <laughs> Tragedy struck. My coffee maker died during the middle of the night. But it died in its sleep, peacefully. So my wife had some magic instant coffee that I made. It was pretty good. And then I went in there to post something on Facebook to remind people to listen to the sermon online on KRKS if they didn't have, you know, if they weren't going to be able to make it or something. And my laptop had passed away from the same ailment. I hit the button, the green light came on, it coughed and died. 
So I walked in there to Christy and I said, God's got great things planned today because the devil done killed her coffee maker and the laptop. <laughs> Let's go to church. <laughs> How do we know we're on the right trail? When things go bad, do you experience love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control? Those are the landmarks we need to be looking for to make sure that we're going in the right direction. Love instead of hate. Joy instead of misery. Peace instead of conflict. Patience instead of impatience. Kindness instead of, con uh, instead of cruelty. Goodness instead of indecency. Faithfulness instead of dishonesty. Gentleness instead of harshness. Self-control instead of self-indulgence. So how do we find these landmarks? How do we know where they're at? Do we head north until you run into a big canyon and then turn right and ways down there you'll find a spot full of cedar and there's a trail that may take you through the canyon, blah, 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 blah? No. Of course not. But we do have some directions, actually three of them, that will guarantee that you will find these landmarks so that you'll know you're on the right trail. In John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The first direction that we have to go is Jesus is the way. There is no other way to find these landmarks. You won't stumble upon them. You won't get lucky and come across one of them. And there is no other way than Jesus. The second direction that we have to go, Jesus is the truth. How many times did Jesus say that He would make you happy but you believe that sin would do better? We have to believe that Jesus is speaking the truth. How many times will you believe your own lies instead of Jesus' truth about following Him and dying to self? Oh, I don't have to really do all that because I believe in Him. The rest of it's just good stuff. Uh-uh. How many times have you heard this type of message on fruit of the Spirit and did absolutely nothing about it in your own lives? Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. A life lived in other ways than, than the life Jesus gives us is counterfeit. A life lived with any other focus than that on Jesus is counterfeit. A life lived for any other reason than that Jesus was crucified for your sins is counterfeit. And a life, a life lived with excuses for not doing what Jesus asked you to is a counterfeit trail. If you're living in sin, whatever form it takes, that is an indication that you're on the counterfeit trail. No matter how bad you wish it wasn't. No matter how pretty it might be. In Matthew 7, 13 and 14, Jesus says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the trail that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. <laughs> pretty tough stuff. If you'll look with your heart, you'll see Jesus on top of the hill motioning for each and every one of you to come with Him. Don't turn and ride off in the direction. In another direction. In a counterfeit direction. He's motioning to each and every one of y'all here. Don't ride off in another direction. Not this time. And not ever again. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we just love you so much. 
Give us the courage and the honesty and the respect, integrity, strength, and truth to follow you down that narrow trail. Help us to do what you would have us do. Go where you would have us go. Say what you would have us say. And be who you would have us be. And let us welcome that motion that you're making to us right now. Ride up the hill and follow you all the way to eternity. In your name I pray. Amen.